Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling World. I am your host, Austin Boyer. And tonight was the season premiere of Monday Night Raw. And Monday Night Raw tonight was the A show. For many, many reasons. Considering SmackDown was horrible. With only four matches on the card and far too many segments. So I think Raw stepped it up tonight. It was definitely better than last week. And Raw, to be honest, just hasn't been watchable. So I I think tonight was the better show in recent weeks. Starting with the opening segment. Bliss appeared in the ring to start the show. Followed by The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Bray came down to the ramp, entered the ring, held Alexa's hand. Retribution appears out of nowhere. Now, this was surprising to me. I thought that Alexa, you know, would have cut a promo. You know, or, or, you know, Bray Wyatt would have cut a promo. And to see, you know, Retribution come out was a shocker. They surrounded the ring and the, it seemed like the plan was for them to attack Bray Wyatt. And Bray Wyatt was unfazed. You know, he's the fiend. You know, he's he's a monster. That's the way he's booked. So even though there was no promo, I enjoyed this segment. I also like the fact that they got Retribution involved this week. You know, last week, there wasn't much of a mention to them. It's also been revealed that Mustafa Ali was the SmackDown hacker, which many of us, you know, already assumed. Um, I thought that they had dropped this storyline. You know, it's it's been months since we've heard anything. So for WWE to bring this back, I thought was pretty cool. I'm glad to see they're doing something with Ali. It seems like he has something going well for him right now. 
so yeah I thought this segment was great you know you know Bray Wyatt in the ring with retribution the lights go off Bray disappears the hurt business come out you know they they get to this brawl and it, it leads to a match you know the hurt business versus retribution I don't know who all was involved in a match I think it was slapjack um Ali and T-Bar if I'm not if I assume I could be missing a, missing a name maybe Mace was involved I'm not sure but yeah um the match started off you know good you know back and forth you know Hurt Business they gained the upper hand in this match they they looked pretty solid tonight Bobby Lashley picked up the win and gave Retribution their first loss. Um, again, like I've said in my previous episodes, I don't know why they're booking these heel te- these heel teams. I'm sorry, these heel teams to go against each other. At this point, I feel it it, it would make more sense to turn to hurt business baby faces if they're going to put them up against heels. Someone or you know that's not the right call, but you gotta give the audience somebody to cheer for. And guys like MVP, Bobby Lashley, they've been baby faces. Cedric Alexander, you know, Shelton Benjamin, they've all been baby faces at one point in their career. You know, obviously MVP's better as a heel, but he can work both. So yeah, you know, Retribution, you know, were handed their first loss. I hope this don't continue, you know, with Retribution losing. Because if it does, like I said before, we won't be seeing them for long. But in order to continue this feud, the Hurt Business needed momentum. It can't always be one-sided, that's the wrestling business. Again, Bobby Lashley showing his dominance through this match, which was needed. You know, Bobby Lashley shouldn't be a guy that that needs to be beaten down every week. He's a dominant superstar and should be booked as such. But what I liked at the end of this this segment, not just the match itself, you know. But at the very end, the fiend appeared and took out Retribution, which, you know, you could say, well, this is only going to hurt the Retribution, this is going to make them look weak, eh, well, when you put them up against somebody like Bray Wyatt, who has been booked unstoppable, you know, Bray Wyatt is a monster himself. And I think they're going to book Bray Wyatt strong. Tonight proved to me that Bray Wyatt is going to be a top babyface going forward. I kind of feel like he'll get involved in this retribution storyline in some way. 
I had thought that last week that he would be feuding with Andrade and Selena Vega. But they could have other plans for him. And that's what it seems like. You know, we'll just have to wait and see. But it seems like he'll be feeding with Retribution soon. I feel like this will lead to like a 5-on-5 or a 4-on-4 maybe. With Bray Wyatt joining the Hurt Business to team up with to, to team against Retribution. And, you know, it's nothing temporary. I just see it being like a one-time thing, you know. I don't see Bray Wyatt joining the Hurt Business. That would make no sense. But to team up with them for like a one, a one-time thing, that'd be, you know, that, that would make sense. Considering Bray Wyatt is a baby face, eventually he's going to have to act like one book like one so whether he's a heel or a baby face I don't think it matters I think he can do both you know we haven't seen Barry Wyatt really be a baby face in much of his career so maybe it's good for a change if, if you think about Bray Wyatt most of his career he's been booked as a heel He's had a short stint as a babyface, but it didn't last long. So, the you know, the crowd loves him. The crowd will get behind him, whether he's a heel or a babyface. You know, ever since he debuted, the crowd has just been all over him. The audience just, just loves him. You know, he's Bray Wyatt. How could you not? This guy, he deserves to be on top. And it's about time that he gets what he deserves after being booked so terribly by WWE before. Before he came back as Funhouse Bray the Fiend, he was booked so poorly. It's about time he gets booked right, you know. I mean, I've been I've been enjoying this Bray Wyatt character, this Funhouse character since its debut. And then you add Alexa, Alexa Bliss involved. You get her, you know, involved in the storyline. Makes it even better. You know, a lot of people said, oh, well, Liv Morgan would be a better sister Abigail. At this point, I, I don't I don't see that. I, I love the character Alexa's playing. I do. You know, whenever she's in the ring, that that zombie look she has in her face like she's just completely like zoned out she just plays this character well and I can't wait to see what they do going forward I'm excited to see Bray as a baby face like I said this is good for a change so I'm excited for what's going to happen but moving on AJ Styles versus Matt Riddle. This match, you know, it was okay. I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty decent. I didn't like the end of it. You know, um, back and forth, you know, Styles and Riddle. Um, but I, I didn't like the end of this match, you know. 
Riddle getting hit with the Stylus Clash. And then, AJ wins the match, you know. But, like I've said before, you know, what are they doing with Riddle? He's lost more matches at this point than he's won. Well, more single matches, rather. Um, if you watch Raw tonight, you've seen what happened. I just, I don't see what they're doing with Riddle now. Maybe they've got tired of the gimmick. I hope not. He's talented. Me, personally, I don't care for this gimmick, this bro gimmick or whatever, but... You know, Styles is, you know, one of the main superstars on the roster. But Riddle, he's he's a good athlete, talented in the ring. He's somebody the crowd can get behind. But the way they're booking him now, I just... I don't see what they're going to do. And I'm kind of thinking, you know, maybe after Hell in a Cell, they'll put him in something. I feel like maybe he'll feud with AJ Styles. There's so many options for Riddle right now. Maybe it's Maybe it's too soon to say that Riddle's being buried by the main roster. I think it is being that, you know, the draft is over. It's the new season. So I, I think after Hell in a Cell is when we'll start seeing Riddle maybe get a push, hopefully. But in order to do that, he has to win some matches. You know, gain momentum. And that's not what we're seeing right now. I get that Styles is a big competitor, but they could have put him up with anybody. They could have put Riddle up with anybody. This match was good, but I think Riddle, you know, could have could have faced somebody like Akira Tozawa or somebody like you know a Jobber or something, because Riddle is you know new to this roster. So to hype him up on the main roster, you know, put him up against, like, R-Truth or somebody even, you know, just till he gains enough credibility to where he can go into feuds with AJ Styles, you know. Like, if Riddle had matches before, you know, tonight's match with AJ Styles, like, if he had matches with R-Truth, Akira Dazawa, or whoever they want to put him up against, and actually won those matches, then a loss tonight wouldn't matter. A loss tonight against AJ Styles wouldn't matter because Riddle would have already won those matches coming into this match tonight. Um, I, I don't believe Riddle's getting buried. Surely I hope not. But like I said, it's too soon to tell. Um, he is new to this roster, and Hell in a Cell is this Sunday, so it's too late to book him in a feud. That's why I say after Hell in a Cell. 
is when we'll start to see Riddle kind of get pushed a little bit. There, there's so many options for him right now. Um, we'll have to see what happens with him. But like I said, you know, we just got to be patient. It is the new season. But moving on um, to the next segment, Drew McIntyre, you know, cut a promo talking about how he's going to beat Randy Orton, this and that. He's going to do this. And like I said, like I've said, you know, I can't wait for this, this feud to be over. It's gone on far too long. And, uh, Assuming Randy Orton wins, I hope and I pray that he does. Because McIntyre's title reign has been kind of stale. If he was a heel, I feel it would be ten times better. He just has better mic work as a heel. He's a good in-ring competitor, he is, but his mic work as a baby face is just it's not compared to what it is when he's a heel. Um, Randy Orton, obviously one of the best heels on the roster. I'm glad he's on Raw. And something tells me he's going to win Sunday and move on to something better. Because this has just been drug on for a while now. And Randy Orton, I would love to see him be a 14-time world champion. That's something that needs to happen before he retires. So let's be honest, he probably doesn't have that much longer in the ring. Maybe a couple years, if that. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this today. You know, it kind of sucks seeing all our heroes get old, like Shawn Michaels, Big Show, Ric Flair. Christian Edge, you know, Chris Jericho, like people you've watched growing up, you know, now they're in their mid-40s, some of them are in their early 50s, um, makes me feel old, but like I said, I don't think Randy has that much time left in WWE. So now would be the time to put the belt on him. Now would be the time to make him a world champion before he retires. Now he could always do commentary, which I don't see that happening. He can always have a backstage role. But, like I said, I don't see him... You know, ever getting a championship again, which is why I say put the title on him now, because this may be his last title reign. This may be the last time we get to see Randy Orton as a world champion. 
No Maestro John Cena, you'll probably have 16 more. And that's not a shoot, that's just the honest truth. I've always thought Randy should have been a 16-time world champion, or even like Triple H for that matter. They, sh Those two guys should have been, been the ones to tie Ric Flair's record. You know, especially because they you know, were mentored by Ric Flair. And those two, to me, should have been the guys to tie Ric Flair, not John Cena. I respect Cena for everything he's done in the business, and I, and I like John Cena. But does he need 16 world championships? No. Does Randy Orton? No. But would it be would it make sense for him to be a 16-time world champion? Yes. Would it make sense for Triple H to be a 16-time world champion? Yes. Because they've been around Ric Flair. Triple H has been in this business longer than Cena. Why isn't he a 16-time world champion? Why didn't he beat Ric Flair's record? It makes sense. I mean, after all, he is the boss's son-in-law. But, as I was saying, I'm, I'm assuming Randy Orton wins on Sunday. You know, because why else would they drag this feud along? pretty much set in stone at this point. Kind of curious as to what to do with McIntyre, though. You know, will he get moved down to the mid-card? Um, you know, Drew McIntyre is, is a good wrestler. I just hope that after this feud with Orton that he gets... You know, turn back to a hill. Because that's where he shines at best. But we'll see. There's so many possibilities right now. You know, it is the end of the WWE draft. So many new feuds. So many new superstars. And I'm excited. I don't know about you, but I'm excited. So next up, we have Lana versus Asuka. And we all pretty much knew how this match was going to go. This comes as no surprise. But Oscar beat Lana. No, in like what, five minutes? Obviously, you know, this is just a filler until. You know, until they do something with her. I don't know what the hell they're doing, Lana. And yes, she's went. Yes, in case you're wondering, she she went through a table again. And I guess this is the fifteenth. No, no, fifth. I'm sorry. <laughs> it will be the fifteenth. Um, this is the fifth time she's been put through a table according to Tom Phillips or was it Byron Saxon I don't know but five times being put through a table this woman's obviously being buried 
she has to be unhappy with how her character is being booked. And I'm, and I'm telling you, like I said before, this has to be because Rusev is an AEW. There's got to be why. At some point, they're going to give up on Lana. Do I see her re-signing with WWE? No. Would I blame her? Not at all. Because I just I could see her going somewhere else. Maybe even Impact as a manager. As a wrestler not so much. I think she's a better manager than anything. When she was a Rusev as a manager, I thought she did good. But, you know, with that whole Rusev, Lana, Bobby Lashley storyline, that just turned me away from her. I've never really been a Lana fan since then. And WWE know what they're doing right now. They're just burying her character, you know. And... You know, it's funny. It's kind, of, it's kind of funny to see her go through a table five times in a row because you can almost guess that she's going to every time you see her come out to the ring. Which I don't see why they don't just put her through like two tables or like, you know, put her through a table in the ring maybe like off the top rope, you know, make it interesting. Why does she always have to go through like the announcer announce table? They could spice things up and I don't know. <laughs> Do something other than put it through their announce table every week. I mean, if they're going to bury a character, at least make it interesting. I feel like Lana should be a manager again. She, you know, she can manage anybody. What if she used to get involved with like the 24-7 championship? She could have like the Carmella role. You know, when she used to hide our truth. You know, if they're going to keep her on the roster, they got to do something with her. You know, she's under contract with WWE, so they got to, you know find something for her unless she wants to set up, unless she wants to set out like Bo Dallas you know a guy's been under contract for WWE and just probably sits in the locker room you know WWE hasn't been doing nothing with him they could put him in the fun house with Bray Wyatt his brother but they choose not to there's there's no excuse you know it but I'm not going to get into it. The topic is Oscar versus Lana. So I want to stay on topic. Um, as far as Oscar, I don't see her title reign lasting much longer. Um, again, I'd like to see Shayna Baszler get, get like a one-on-one -on -one match and win the title once and for all. If you've heard my last podcast, I said Shayna Baszler should have beat Becky Lynch. And 
it hasn't happened. They handed the title to Asuka for what reason? Shayna Baszler should have been the top female in the company right now. She she should be, what I should say. She should have been and she should be. Instead, they, they pair her with Nia Jax. Um, thankfully, again this week, Nia didn't kill anybody in the ring. But I feel like Shayna is the better in-ring competitor. Granted, she doesn't have that many in-ring matches. Like singles matches, I mean. She doesn't have, you know, that many to her resume. And it just, it, it sucks. This is somebody they could have pushed to be like a female Brock Lesnar or something, you know. She was an MMA fighter. And like I said, I don't see Oscar holding that title very very long. I think eventually somebody will take it, somebody soon, hopefully. It's not that I don't like Oscar. I don't care for her promos. She doesn't cut a promo. And when she does, she just rambles. There really isn't much to her character. She has one catchphrase. Nobody's ready for Asuka. Her in-ring ability is good. But I like a wrestler who can cut a promo and have in-ring ability. Not just one or the other. And, um... Like I said, hopefully somebody takes that title off of Oscar. I prefer it to be Shayna Baszler, but being that, you know, she's in that tag team with Nia Jax and the tag team champions, I don't see that happening. I could see Oscar holding on to that title until Becky Lynch returns and takes it from her. Being assuming that Becky Lynch gets a huge push when she returns to the main roster. You know, because why wouldn't they? She was a a big part of WWE before she left. You know, everybody loved her character. You know, the, the whole man thing. You know, Becky can cut a good promo, you know. I, I give her that. So I do feel as if Asuka is holding on to this title until Becky Lynch returns. Which I, I wouldn't even mind seeing Becky win the championship. You know, she's had it for a while, but you know, I wouldn't even mind seeing that. But as I'm sitting here thinking right now, you know, there's always the possibility that Ronda Rousey could return and take the title off Asuka. You know, Oscar's a babyface. All they would have to do is have Ronda Rousey come back as a heel and whoop some ass. But like I said, there's there's so many possibilities right now. It's just too soon to to tell what's gonna happen. Who 
hopefully after Hell in a Cell things get cleared up. Let's hope. Okay, so... A Fatal 4-Way, you know, was announced shortly after that whole segment. Nia and Shayna versus Brooke and Mandy Rose. Versus Peyton Royce and Lacey Evans. Versus the Riot Squad. Um, I'll be honest. I didn't really pay attention to this mask. Particularly because I just don't care for it. I knew the match was pointless to begin with. Um, it's cool to see WWE make these kind of matches though. It's not just your standard tag team match that you see every week. But is this going to lead somewhere? Probably not. Do I see anybody worthy of taking the titles off Shayna and Nia? Not at the moment. Maybe the Riot Squad. But not right now. I don't see that happening now. Being that Shayna and Nair are being booked to be so dominant together. The, <coughs> the excuse me. The only way I see these titles being taken off of Nia and Shayna is if the match was under a stipulation. You know, not just a normal tag team match. Um I think Shayna and Nair are just too big to be dominated in the ring. And I'm not talking big like weight. I'm talking big like a superstar. Um, sorry, wrong choice of words. <laughs> but um, the only way I see that happening is if it's under stipulation. You know, like a false count anywhere, tornado tag team, something. The tag teams they have now on the women's roster, you know, they're just throwing this woman with this woman, that woman with that woman. It's not really, there's no structure. That's why I said, I, I, I think, you know, the creative team of WWE, they, I, don't, I don't think they have any direction. You know, who knows if they, if they even plan ahead. And seeing the articles you read about WWE, you know, about their creative team. And it, it's saying, though, they don't have any, like, structure. They don't have no, they have no idea what they're doing. Especially with the women's division. You look at this, man. It, this girl's here, this girl's there. It's just... The only tag team that makes sense right now is the Riot Squad, because they have a history. But as far as Natalia and Lana, well, they just broke up, but like even that tag team didn't make sense. Natalia should be a singles competitor. If they're gonna pair her up with anybody, pair her up with somebody more fitting than Lana. You know, Natalia's been in this business for years. She deserves somebody better than Lana. 
somebody with more in-ring experience than Lana. You know, the women's division right now is just a mess. Um, you got Peyton Royce, who, you know, I think is going to get a big push. I, I, you know, I think. That she could. Like I said, I think things will be cleared up after you know the pay per view on Sunday. And we'll see what direction WWE goes with the women's division. I do see Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey returning at some point. She has been rumored to return, but we'll see. That's always a thought, you know. Anyways, though. Moving on to our next subject. The New Day. Kofi Kingston. Versus Sheamus. This match was was good. You know, I, I think every time Sheamus and Kofi get together, it's a good match. Sheamus and Kofi are two veterans that have been in the WWE for a long time. I am a big Sheamus fan. I, I love his in-ring, you know, his in-ring style. I, I enjoy his matches. I do think he could be, you know, booked a little better. But there's so many stars in the main roster, you can only book so many. I kind of feel like they'll throw Sheamus in a tag team. You know, once WWE finally figures out, okay, well, we got all these other stars to do something with, so let's just throw Sheamus into a tag team. But this match tonight, you know, Kofi and Sheamus thought it was pretty decent. I thought it was definitely match of the night. I thought this was like the better match of all the other matches. Not only do they have good chemistry together, but it wasn't no there was no disqualifications. There was nobody getting involved. It was just a straight up wrestling match. And like I said, Seamus' in-ring style, he brings that hard, you know, brawler-type style. And Kofi, he's just, you know, high-flyer all over the place. So I've always thought these two work well together. Like I said, definitely match the night for me. You know... This is what I like to see. This is, I think Kofi is just better as a singles competitor. I do see him and Xavier, you know, being in a tag team going forward, but 
I'd rather see Kofi in a singles, you know, match than a tag team match. He's been in the tag team for far too long. You know, give it up, start new. It's a new roster, new new season of Monday Night Raw. Do something new with Kofi. And I'm sure at this point, you know, he probably wouldn't even mind another singles singles run. Being that his match he had with Brock Lesnar for the WWE title was only like what 13 seconds long, Kofi deserved better. We all pretty much figured Brock was gonna win, but they could have gave Kofi a fighting chance and made it a decent match. Kofi deserved better. That's just the only way of putting it. To have him losing 13 seconds to Brock Lesnar. There was no need for that. Yes, I understand. This is Brock Lesnar we're talking about. You know, he, he should be booked as a dominant competitor. But they could have gave Kofi a better chance. So I would like to see Kofi go on another singles run just to redeem himself. But I, I don't see that happening. Being Xavier Woods is on Raw, so they're gonna want to do something with him. Um, I do I do see them going on another tag team run. Unfortunately, I'm hoping that doesn't happen, but I definitely see a few with the Street Profits down the road. It would even be cool to see Kofi and Xavier's Hills. Do I see the Street Profits being Hills? No, they're two highest baby faces right now. They got that we want the smoke catchphrase and the solo cups, you know. Yeah, I, I just I see that feud coming soon. Maybe not now, but soon. I hope not, but maybe this is the only option for now until they, you know, maybe Kofi will turn on Xavier at some point, which I hope, but I'm just a fan, like many of you. And it doesn't always work like that. <laughs> but moving on. Oh, this god-awful Miz and Morrison and Tucker and Otis feud. You know, I thought that this feud would end being that Otis got drafted, but I, I, I guess this is going to continue. I thought that maybe they dropped the storyline. But... I guess it's going to continue, and, you know, Otis came out, you know, with the mask on, looking like Jack Black from Nacho Libre, I don't know, he went by, like, what, El Gordita, something, I don't know, but no, no matter who it was, we can all tell it was Otis, obviously, you know, they had a match with Miz and Morrison for the thousandth time in a row, him and Tucker, they won. 
Um, can we just put this feed to bed already? If they're gonna take the briefcase, the briefcase off of Otis, just do it at this point. I don't want to see this feed anymore. I, I don't want to see the Miz anymore. Stupid comedy duos, what they are. They shouldn't be taken serious. But if you want to hear me rant about the Miz, listen to my previous episodes. I'm not gonna get into it. Um, I'll be sitting here for two hours if I do. Because at this point, you probably know I hate The Miz. I can't stand him. But that's just me. Everybody has their own opinion. I'm not judging you if you like The Miz to each their own. But on a brighter note, the a new episode of the Firefly Funhouse debuted on Raw. And Alexa Bliss has joined the Funhouse Finally, she finally has joined the Funhouse. I'm excited for this, man. You know, we've all anticipated Alexa joining the Funhouse, and everybody had their own predictions as to what would happen. I do want to point out that while Alexa Bliss was rumored to be Sister Abigail, it will be funny to see her and Abby, the witch, you know, kind of feud in the funhouse. I feel like we'll see something there. I don't know how many of you pay attention to social media, but Alexa Bliss has tweeted, Hello, Abby. I'm Alexa. So this is exciting. This is something new and I hope they add more characters to the funhouse. Like I said, maybe Bo Dallas. But Bray was on the funhouse tonight talking about how he's made new friends. And then it went to a flashback with him attacking Retribution. Like I said, I do feel like Bray's going to join the Hurt Business as a tag team just for a, like a one knockoff match. And then after this feud, they'll do something, you know, with Bray and Alexa. This is the, the, the feud, like I've said, that is the most intriguing. It's the most interesting. But this right here makes me want to tune into Raw. Before I was saying, you know, I want to tune into SmackDown. But now, you know, the more I see Alexa and Bray together, I just want to watch Raw every week. I want to watch wrestling every week, I should say. So, I hope they keep this up. And I hope from here we can only move forward. I would like to see Alexa have like a new ring attire. Like a painted face or like... Maybe she'd have like a fiend ring gear. You know, with the pants, the red striped pants and the... The hair, like the fiend. That would be cool. But yeah, this, this feud, I can't wait to see what they do. But moving on to Bray Wyatt's old family member, Strowman, Braun Strowman. He had a match with Keith Lee. 
Um, like I said, I don't know what they're doing with either of these guys. They're booking them in these matches. You've seen what happened to Strowman on Friday. So, at this point, they're just making Strowman look weak. Like, making him look weak. It seems like every week they're just doing something with him. And it's not helping his character at all. Like, what happened with him and Roman Reigns on Friday. And then this, this, what happened with him this week. Is At this point, they're just burying his character. That's what I feel. I, I thought that after he, fought, he faced Bray Wyatt, that he would be this monstrous hill, but that didn't happen. I thought that when he fought... Um, Dabakato and Raw Underground that he would be booked better. That didn't happen. And I don't see putting him what Keith Lee does what does to Keith Lee because, well, I should say does for Keith Lee because at this point, what are they doing with Keith Lee? And I say that every week because we just don't know. You know. I see why people would get excited for this feud, being it's two big guys. But when, you know, Braun Strowman has been on the main roster longer, I understand Keith Lee is an up-and-comer. I do feel like Braun Strowman shouldn't have been on Raw. She shouldn't have been drafted to Raw. Um, I, I don't see anything... Looking up for Strowman right now, maybe somewhere in the near future, but just not now. There's always the possibility he could rejoin Bray Wyatt and Alexa Bliss in the Funhouse, join a new Wyatt family, like I said before. We'll just have to see what happens after Hell in a Cell. Like, it's too soon to start any new feuds. Well, too late, I should say. Being at Hell in a Cell is a Sunday. So we'll see what happens next week. I guess we just got to be patient. I'm an eager person. Like I always want to see what happens next. I hate waiting. But, you know, we just got to wait. I'm a fan of Keith Lee. I've been a fan of his since he's went to NXT. I do feel like whenever NXT guys move up to the main roster, I feel like they lose all credibility. And momentum. And when I when I say that, I, I I'm saying I feel like they lose all the momentum they had when they were in NXT. Because look what you know, the main roster did to guys like Nakamura, Nakamura. You know, and um, a bunch of other guys. Look what they're doing to Keith Lee now. And Matt Riddle, you know, a lot of people could even say they're doing the same thing to Matt Riddle. But like I said, it's too soon. I, I don't see Riddle being buried, but we'll just have to see. It is too late to get these guys in feuds, like I said. So that could always be why. You know, it seems like they're being buried sometimes. But... This is only the season premiere. We have to keep that in mind. The, the draft was only last week. 
as much as I would love to see what happens next week. You know, we just gotta wait. Not too thrilled about the Hell in a Cell card, though. It could be much larger than what it is. I don't want to see a Hell in a Cell match for the whole card. I think that'd be pointless. We're going to have a few, maybe a couple, but not for the whole card. There's only so much they can do. Um... So yeah, I, I, I don't see this card being very exciting. I didn't think Night of Champions was that exciting either. You can you can almost predict how Night of Champions would go. And I think this is the same with Hell in a Cell. I don't think it's gonna be very unpredictable. But anything can happen. Um, obviously, Roman is a, is going to beat Jay. You know, I'm assuming Randy Orton beats McIntyre. Maybe they'll announce Elias versus Jeff Hardy. I don't know. But that's another thing I like to point out was Elias's concert for tonight. Which I thought was great. That song Elias sang. That Amen song. He has some serious talent. And honestly. I'm probably going to buy his new album. <laughs> he's pretty He's pretty good. I give him credit. I'm definitely walking with Elias after tonight. Then having Jeff Hardy come out and ruin the whole concert. I mean, that was a good concert. Jeff didn't have to ruin it, but hey, it's WWE. Um, there's so many like fun ways they can go about this. They can always have a battle of the bands, you know, with the Elias's band and Jeff Hardy because Jeff Hardy has his own band, also. So they can always have like a battle of the bands. We have seen something like that before with Chris Jericho and John Cena. So I think it'd be cool to have Jeff Hardy perform on Raw. You know, I think it would be cool to just have them both perform. I did enjoy Elias' performance. I do like this feud actually, I, you know. I don't like how this feud came about, you know, with that whole car accident thing and bringing up Jeff's personal history, and that wasn't necessary, but this feud right now, it's intriguing. I do want to see what happens next. I'm a fan of Elias. As I said, he's from Pittsburgh and so am I, so I have to be. I don't have to be, but I choose to be. Elias as a heel was my favorite. Granted, he can play both roles, but I prefer him as a heel, being it didn't do much with him you know, in his baby face run. But yeah, I thought it. I thought tonight's segment with Elias was great. Fun, I think the fans enjoyed it. Surprised they let him do two songs. But I enjoyed it. I would like to see more of that. 
actually one of his best performances, being that all the other ones he wasn't really trying to sing, but trying to insult the fans, him being a heel. So it's, it's different for a change, and I liked it. Um, but moving on to the closing segment tonight, Randy Orton in the ring talking about, you know, all the people he's beaten in Hell in a Cell, Drew McIntyre coming out and, <laughs> you know, chop the, uh, the, the chain off the Hell in a Cell out and, you know, went after Orton. Kind of wanted to see what would happen. Kind of wish they'd tease this a little more. Leading into Hell in a Cell. Kind of build it up a little more. But. The show ended. Obviously WWE is teasing this. And they just want us to tune in for Hell in a Cell. To see what happens. I understand that. So. Like I said. I'm, I'm assuming Randy. Randy wins. Sunday. I don't see why not. If he doesn't win Sunday, this would make no sense. Because why else would they drag this feud on for months? With Drew McIntyre winning. I don't think they would do that. If they didn't have if they didn't plan for Orton to win on Sunday. So I think everything points to Randy winning. And hopefully he can move on. I don't want to see McIntyre move move down the mid card, but we'll see. We'll see if they turn him hill, which I hope. This babyface run just isn't doing it for me. And I don't know if it's because there's no audience. You know, they are up on the screens, but it's just not the same. It is cool what WWE did for you know, for the fans. I would rather see fans in the stadium than on a screen. I mean, we obviously can't do that right now with COVID, with you know COVID going on. But hopefully, you know, soon, and I hope soon, things can go back to normal, and we can get fans back in the stadium. Maybe some of these storylines will be you know decent, and uh, maybe they have more value to them if there were more. If there were fans in the audience, rather. That's why I feel like like I haven't been a fan of Seth Rollins and Rey Mysterio's storyline very much. Just because there was no fans in the audience. I don't know. The fans, they add, you know, more excitement. You could hear them cheer, you could hear them boo. And it gets you excited, you know, as a fan watching at home just to see what would happen or what's going to happen but like I said um, tonight was the A show tonight was so much better than Smackdown I hope this continues knowing WWE and how they book things that's not always possible um, they have a chance to make Raw the top show the way they booked Raw this week I thought was great. You know, starting off with Bray Wyatt and Alexa, I thought they they started strong. 
And that's what they need to do every week is keep us glued to the TV, keep us intrigued, keep us interested. I really don't want to have to change the channel. So I enjoy Raw this week. I enjoyed Raw this week. Let's pray that it stays that way. So everyone tune in for how in a cell. I will see you next I will see you this Friday. So please tune in to Wrestling World and listen for another episode. Thank you all for listening tonight. And good night. Take care.